Welcome to the 24th episode of The Window to Dubai. I'm here with Ziad Makzumi. He has a book coming out called Intelligent Learning. And based on what we talked about, it sounds like it's just a collection of all the business experience that you've had that you're kind of putting into a book and trying to help people understand how to adapt in this new world and the fast moving pace. Maybe you can kind of elaborate more on the book itself. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show anyway. As you know, the world is changing so much. I mean, if you look at some of the statistics about 30 years ago, about 100 people moved around the earth. Um, five years ago, it was over a billion, basically. If you look at the migration of workers uh, from China to the Middle East, to Europe, to America, to Latin America, that is probably in the billions nowadays. So the boundaries of the world are changing. The technology is some ways taking over in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Um, but the world is changing. Economies are changing. Uh, political systems are changing. And the new world is not what it was before, which means that we have to do things differently. And unless we learn how to do them, and the difficulty bit is the rules are changing even if you learn. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. In my old days, um, the people who are responsible for numbers and the finance of the company used to be accountants. And their job was to account for every penny that went in and out. Then all of a sudden, let's say, oh, let's do some budgeting. And so they take the past and make some assumptions and hopefully they get it right in one year. Now, move in 25 years ago, if you took the banks like uh, Credit Suisse or all the big uh, global banks now, they have a five-year plan, 10-year plan, 25-year plan, 50-year plan. Mm -hmm. And I have a question mark if that still applies. Because yeah. 10 years ago, we had banks that don't exist anymore. Yeah. We had uh, 20 years ago, we had countries that don't exist anymore. The new countries have come up, basically, new languages, new cultures. And unless the business world, who are responsible for creating value for us as humans on this earth, start understanding that the old system does not work, most of them will not survive. Yeah. If you look at, in the old days, Yahoo was the biggest player. Uh, America Online was one of the biggest internet. I mean, they still have some accounts, but people don't, yeah. don't know where they are now yeah. and, and so on. If you look, in my days, there was a company called Wang Computers, which were the leaders in uh, word processing. The leaders, then they decided to go into something else and the company disappeared. If you look at all the big players, if you look at uh, Kodak, yeah. they could not realize the technology is changing the chemical visual detection to an actual digital one. So they were out, I mean, one of the biggest companies in the world and so on. So the world is changing and we have um, evidence to show that it's changing much faster than before. If you look at Facebook, I mean, 10 years ago, probably it had hundreds of thousands of, of users. Now you have it in the billions. If you look at the Chinese WeChat, its users in China is probably twice the size of the population of the USA and, and probably Europe. Yeah. So the numbers are becoming growing fast exponentially. And we keep on missing on it. I mean, your business personally, I mean, if you look at your business, you can operate your business from anywhere, yeah. from a laptop sitting in the south of France or uh, uh, having a drink somewhere or just even in Alaska, uh, probably signal is not very good. Yeah. <laughs> but the world is changing. And unless we understand that what we do has to change, we cannot survive as businesses. And if you can't survive as businesses, I think economies will collapse and I think society will collapse in general. Yeah. 
So we all have to learn how to become our own business people. So, and that starts from teaching from the beginning as students, as parents, as mentors, as friends, as network. I mean, I always say if I had somebody who can mentor me like I mentor others now when I was probably 15 years old, I guarantee you'll be an extremely rich man. Unfortunately, that knowledge was not packaged and made available. The platform that we have as technology now will make that available. Unfortunately, it also gives you a lot of rubbish coming in. So we get lots of of bits of information which we assume are true. And turn out that some of them are fabricated. We don't understand them. We're overwhelmed now with with data to the point that the data has become the noise. In my days, noise was part of the data now the data is not because you don't know what to accept as reality and so on so the book is really my experiences and the way i used to do things i still do in businesses as a consultant who will go in and look at things in 3d 4d 5d whatever it is and understand the linkages between the different processes in that sense um and 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 the whole premise of that is that the markers, the dashboard, whatever you will look at, is not good enough anymore. This delay in getting information, this noise by overwhelming the data, this us thinking, well, there's only one way of doing it, and, and don't assume the impossible, basically. We cannot survive. If you look, I always give the example of uh, the, uh, the new taxi service, Uber or Karim here yeah. in, in the Middle East and so on. First of all, they said only Uber will survive. Well, no, Karim is doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> and then doing it right. Yeah. Um, Apple can only survive. No, Samsung, although they lost billions of dollars in lawsuit, is as big as Apple, more or less. So there's always a, a room for innovation and distinction. And the only way you can do that if you understand what the market wants and anticipate it. I'll give you an example. One of my companies in the 80s, we developed a program for British airport authorities on the smart card. So we used to do the, the gem, which was very popular then. I remember it was 90 pence a card, and it is exactly what an Emirates ID knows that now. So it can track you anywhere you go. Yeah. Of course, there were the Data Protection Act, and, and we can do it. We also, my company developed one of the earliest GPS tracking system, and some of the partners said, nah, never be useful. We were allowed, I mean, we had a bid to buy a data network in Greater London. Partner said, no, data is dying. So we can see things that are happening. And the reason we survived as a group and and became very successful, led by people like me within the group, is that we could see things happening. We look at things differently and we collate them differently and we integrate them differently. So the book is, is, is about intelligent learning and how our strategies cannot be only one strategy. It has to be hundreds of many strategies that you can mix and match as needed. Yeah. You know, I always say, personally, I can never do the Rubik's Cube. I mean, I probably most of you don't know what it is because it is simple to do if you understand the process. But that process, you can do it in a thousand different ways. So imagine that you can look at any business and put it in the form of a Rubik's Cube where every color is aligned in the shape that you want and the order that you want in any possible way that you want. That will be a strategy for business that will succeed in everything and create a lot of value. Going back, talking about value in general, how do you value businesses? We keep on missing the element of humans now, which I think is very important. When people talk to me and say, yeah, but technology is better than humans. No, it's humans who create technology. 
and it is humans who have to think and it is humans who have to develop to get them to think I was giving a lecture in one of the business schools uh, and I'm always talking about innovation and one of the young students says but where is innovation in universities I said it's people like you sitting there you are the innovation you are the creators of value you are the ones creating the future and as you said you can run your business from Dubai or Los Angeles or China or anywhere it doesn't matter Provided you can communicate well. So to me, our education system has to teach philosophy because we have to think differently. We have to definitely be with kids at numbers, basically, and understand human nature and communication because these three to me are very important and they are the basis of any successful strategy. And so how have you, because you were telling me earlier, I think it was even in the 80s, you were in Dubai and you were kind of in the pipe industry but yeah you, i mean the, the the first business that we invested in was in pipe manufacturing um, and the, the one of the reasons behind it because we could see that oil in countries like the middle east or in hot countries or even in in, in european countries is going to be uh, the essence of life i mean people, humans cannot survive or animals yeah. cannot survive or, or plants without water so we could see that the, the water is going to become a very important commodity in my days, when I in the 70s, when I graduated as an engineer, we used to go and buy distilled water. So you can buy like 20 liters for one dirham. Now, you tell me how much you buy you can't even, of water. You can't even park for one dirham in Dubai. <laughs> it, it's not acceptable as a tip anymore. Yeah. And then you have like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of different kinds of water, basically, with different reasons. This is sodium free, this is healthy, this is whatever. What are that nonsense, but we can't talk about that. Yeah. Um, so we could see that that is important. And again, like the business that you're in, there are two parts to any business. I think the world is changing into uh, uh, the service, the content, and the platform. And when we went into the pipe business, that was the platform. Yeah. The content comes from somewhere else. The same way, if you look at all the big companies now, it's mainly content, it's data. Apple is a provider, is providing you both. It's a platform where you can pay, you can download, but I also have a big library of music and they're acquiring, you know, yeah. and, they, and they're giving every service that will make you use them more because they want to use the platform, basically. Yeah. So the world is changing and everything we have to provide, in my view, must have a purpose for yeah. somebody to want it. If it's a better sandwich or quicker or better or faster, everybody is obsessed by being healthy and looking good. So cosmetic surgery is a big business in, in, in the Middle East and so on. Um, although I think being healthy is more important than looking just good. But again, this is what people want. Some of my companies, for example, does they do uh, medical analytics. So we can take a drop of blood or a drop of urine or a serum, whatever it is we're testing for. And we give you a full profile of what is wrong. Not what the probability is, but what's actually wrong. Because what we did, we digitize the way we look at protein, which is probably the most uh, uh, strongest uh, marker for detecting diseases. Not in every disease, but most of the diseases, especially in blood. Where we can fire ions on it, map it. It's like going to a paintballing contest. And if I fire one million shots at you, I can profile you completely. And this is what it does. So we fire shots at the protein configuration and then we say, right, this is X, this is Y. So when we look at things, we say, okay, we've got all these things very quickly and very fast. The first machine we worked on, for example, used to take about 10 minutes to give you a full profile. Mm -hmm. 
It's just the profile used to be two things. Now we have 28,000 things. And the eight minutes now is three seconds. So the more data we collect, the more we can do. And this is all because we looked at technology and say, right, how can we apply to the service industry? How can we help people? How we can hopefully save them? So one of the things, for example, when we talk about uh, healthcare and so on, uh, a prominent situation in the Middle East is thalassemia and sickle cell and so on, which is also prominent in certain other Latin American countries and so on. Now, the implication of that, if both parents are carriers and the children, depending on the category, carry it, the probably the, 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 the pregnancy will be terminated or the child will be deformed or they develop kidney issues. So all these things from the beginning, mm -hmm. if you stop them and detect them, you'll save yourself a lot of money in the future because you don't want to end up with a, an older community that doesn't have young people and they're sick. Yeah. It's like a business. Yeah. You know, so if there is no cash flow, no new blood coming in, no ideas, no innovation, the business will die. And what we're hoping is that with everything that we're teaching and helping and guiding, we'll change people's mentality so that we'll all survive and have a healthier, happier society that we're living in. Yeah. One of the things you said that really stuck out was you said that a business is like a service, content, or a platform. I've never heard anyone contextualize it so clearly, but you're right. The world has moved. to so you either provide a platform, you make the content, or you provide a service, or you do all three at Absolutely. once. Absolutely. You can do all three. And again, if you take all the economy books, Apple is the most unique business model in the world because it's a high premium item and mass market. They've succeeded so well in doing it, you know. I mean, of course, ladies' bags and shoes and whatever it is, but it could never achieve that status. You know, you pay for a phone a thousand dollars or so, mm, doesn't cost you that much. We know that. Yeah. But it's just you want to be in that network, and the moment you're in, you're locked in. Yeah. Now, on the healthcare side, when we went into medical analytics, this is exactly the same model that pharmaceuticals do use. So they will say you buy this machine. And to test for these tests, you have to use this chemical that will only work with our machine. Therefore, it's the only cartridge that will work with that printer. So they used to give you the, the printer away because the cartridge is very expensive. Yeah. We kill that taboo now. We say we're not dependent on hardware. We're not dependent on chemical products. And we just take a pinprick of blood and we'd use one of eight comp uh, machines that the German, Japanese, South Korean, American, British, whatever it is, because we want to be independent of that platform. Yeah. And we've broken that, and now our value has gone up substantially because all my partners cannot basically negotiate, but you have to be dependent on us. We're not. Yeah. We, we can piggyback on any network, and we can, and even now, our test, for example, just an example, we can detect certain. Um, high-risk pregnancies from even somebody else's results. So they can use the old machine, it's got nothing to do with us, we say, okay, give us these markers. And on the spot, we tell them this pregnancy will not continue. And if it does, you have to be aware of it. And no other machine does that. Because we've taken the, the logic of, of humans and digitized it. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what we're talking about. You have to start taking all the bits that other people or other machines or other computers can do it better than you and concentrate on creating new ideas, new values. This is what we're talking about. It seems like just based on our conversation so far, you have 
maybe through just through experience, you've been able to identify opportunities before, which is common in entrepreneurs. They just naturally kind of see it. Is that something that your book teaches or kind of gives someone the guidelines on how to do? Or is it more just a thought process and how to look at the world differently? Well, the two things. First of all, entrepreneurship is a way of thinking. The successful entrepreneurs are the ones that are not your typical entrepreneurs. Typical entrepreneur will say, I'm going to do this till I succeed. Sometimes not intelligently because they miss on the point because they, they get so focused on their idea and they miss the logistics behind it. Mm-hmm. Because any idea needs planning. It's like a building. You need foundations, you need supplies, you need people, you need tenants. Otherwise not survive. Um, the ones that, uh, and I always said this to my students in a business school in, as early as the 90s because we started the entrepreneurship program in the London business schools in the early 90s where no one thought that you can teach entrepreneurship. And we said, okay, we're all, okay, boys and girls, we're all MBA students. I've done my MBA in 79, so before you were born, so let's not, you know, uh, impress me with your titles. But imagine that you have a spirit of entrepreneur and a discipline of an MBA student. There is nothing that you cannot do because you can assess the risk and adjust the risk and forecast the risk logically. And your passionate side as an entrepreneur will drive you and say, no, try it again, try it again. So if you have this combination in people, where you have the discipline, the analytics, and the passion, you're bound to succeed and succeed very well. This is what needs to be done. Yeah. What do you think coming into the region, since it sounds like you've done business in, in a lot, like Dubai versus the rest of the world, what do you think makes someone successful here? Because you have the platform to do anything you want. Really. You have... Uh, good education system, good logistics, brilliant restaurants, um, nice beaches and are getting crowded. But you have the basis of being creative and you have the support to be able to do so. I mean, of course, we're still not there yet in the sense that we still need to do more research and integration of university education and have more specialist ideas of what is specific to the area instead of just importing ideas, but we're moving ahead in the education system. I mean, we're working with some of the Northern Emirates on some, and in Abu Dhabi, with some of the universities on developing programs specifically for the UAE. For example, you drive from Dubai to Abu Dhabi, and you see the mangroves, all these plants that are floating and green on the sea. Why isn't the whole of the UAE, you know, with with these things on the beach that create greenery and and clean the water because, you know, it creates... uh, filters to to, yeah. to 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 do all sorts of things for the environment and so on. So we're getting to that. So now the marine research is doing that. We're developing some, uh, again, research programs for the thalassemia and the sickle cell because, again, this is, I think, it will help the, it's the health of the nation. Yeah. We want to make sure that people are healthy and continue. We hope to develop programs where we monitor lots of other things that no other country does that. So if we can, for example, monitor children from the age of three and monitor their physical, mental, and uh, health development, and then we pick up markets from the beginning, so we correct it before it becomes critical, then the health of the nation become better and become, they don't miss school and they you know, become intelligent and become energetic and they do all, the, all sorts of things that are good for the country. Everybody should have the spirit of an entrepreneur, yeah. but be disciplined enough not to be carried away by copy me, basically. Now, copying other people's ideas is not a bad idea, provided you make it work. Yeah. And not just say, I want this and I want that, and then it's on. 
So, for example, when we started the trend on restaurants, you had hundreds and thousands of restaurants open overnight. A lot of them don't 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 exist anymore. If you just yeah. look at Box Park, for example, you know, uh, we have to be creative. And again, go back to the to, to the title of the book that you have to learn differently. So when you think things are not working, you take the markers and you keep an eye on things. You don't keep on changing, but sometimes you have to change yeah. because what you're doing is not working. And I always say. If you're in the middle of the road, there's a stone and there's a tree that blocked the road. What do you do? Just wait there forever? You have to find another way. Yeah. Because the tree is not going to move away. I mean, it might probably in 2000 years, it, it <laughs> you know, disintegrates and becomes uh, environmentally very friendly, but you have to move on. Yeah. And we always face our obstacles by saying, but what can I do? Well, think differently and move back. Go around it and just don't be stubborn and say, no, I can only go this way. It doesn't work anymore. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Awesome. I think it was a great episode. I really appreciate having you. Thank on. you. Thank you.